Saturday, October 16th, 2021. Along with Justin Kenny from OutsideTheHuddle.net and OPS, I'm Jim Shovelin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until 10 o'clock. And as always, talking sports is powered by Automotive Color and Supply. And uh, Justin, good morning, sir. Just another ho-hum night of high school football. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Wrapping up the regular season in style, didn't we? It's particularly in the SAC. Yes. Yeah. A, f- a couple of the conferences, uh, foregone conclusions, but uh, not the Summit Athletic Conference. And uh, how are we going to share this bell between <laughs> Bishop Lewis, Snyder, and Carroll, my friend? It, it, this is, uh, I've seen a scenario or two, but. What in the world is going to happen? Now, three weeks at a time? I mean, that was something that was thrown out there, and I don't know with uh, tongue-in-cheek or not, but uh, you're going to have to hire somebody in those school systems to just bell track for the next year. There's going to be a lot of pain on that thing over the next year because, yes, each team will get it for three weeks. I'm trying to effort to see who's going to get it first because usually – on this Saturday morning after the regular season is concluded, we're seeing on social media the victory bell doused in a new uh, color scheme. Mm-hmm. At least the last couple of years, you know, Homestead hasn't had to paint it. But usually this morning we're seeing who won it and getting it painted. But right now I'm not sure who's getting it first. And will they get it for the off season, and Or do they have to wait till the regular season? So a lot of questions this morning. Well, yeah, does that include the basketball season? They, you know, quite frankly, I mean, uh, now that we have a new champion, obviously the bell should go to someone other than the Homestead Spartans who had it for two years. Yes. So luckily it didn't have to get repainted last year. Right. So uh, they're, they're good with that as far as, you know, sanding and, and, and repainting, et cetera. But... You know, a lot of times I've I've seen the bell at basketball games. I've seen it in other places, but yeah, you know, they use it in the off season as a motivator. You know, when it's sitting, you know, with off season workouts and it's just there. I mean, it is definitely a uh, a momentum type piece, and somebody's gonna have it. We'll see. Hopefully, maybe by the end of the show, I'll be able to find out who the heck's yeah, getting this thing first. You know, maybe they they go with who has gone the longest without it, kind of like they do when, when it was a shared uh, uh, championship, uh, you know, who hasn't had it uh, the most recently. Or ever. Uh, yeah. For Carol. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they maybe they, they end up being first, and then it's, it's Lures Snyder based on SAC uh, recent championships. Who knows? We need somebody at a higher pay grade than us, I think, to uh, – to determine that for us but uh, otherwise welcome into talking sports uh powered by automotive color and supply holy cow well what a night last night after a day full of rain and rain before that uh it, w- it was almost odd to see highlights of teams that were playing on turf because <laughs> their uniforms were still clean and pristine and you can see their numbers right yeah i saw the post game i think it was just a uh, screenshot of the uh, stream uh for Nor- new haven and huntington north and you know it was at new haven and that you know that the field looked pretty darn pristine because it's the turf meanwhile we were out at lures field that does not <laughs> have turf but i imagine there's a fair amount of discussion right now going in amongst lures circles going okay how do we make this happen 
because they they need it. And, yeah, we'll, we'll delve into whether it cost them a game or not last night, but it was most definitely a quagmire out at Lewis Field last night. Yeah, but it was a quagmire on both sidelines. It was, absolutely. So, yeah, so uh, congratulations to the Snyder Panthers for that. You know, it, in looking at the Summit Athletic Conference standings, the final standings, the top five teams, Carol Bishop, Lewis, Snyder, and uh, Homestead, Bishop Dwanger. Those are the top five teams. That's usually what we have there. That's the upper half of the SAC. And then the bottom half of the SAC is usually those teams. Yeah. And now, save for uh, maybe a season or two when Concordia right. mm-hmm. uh, jumped into that uh, upper echelon and Northside north as well. Wayne, yeah. You know, but by Just, and large. Right. In, in it. So what, if anything, needs to happen? To, or is it just the, tough luck? This is what you've got. <laughs> we added two more very strong high uh, enrollment schools to our conference, and um, there you go. Yeah. You know, the, the teams that, that aren't able to compete, you know, move the ACAC or any eight or something <laughs> like that. Does that happen? No, I don't think so. Right. Well, you know, this is the thing with the majority of those teams in the bottom half of the SAC, and, you know, Northrop is an exception here. With, uh, with Coach Jason Dorfler, you know, in his eighth season, they've had continuity at Northrop. But when you look at Northside and Wayne and Southside in particular, and Concordia just recently had, you know, yeah. a new coach with Mike Eschbach, previously Tim Manigal for a long time. But it's the continuity between, within those programs with their coaches. And you cannot continue to rotate coaches every two to three years, even four years, and expect to have success in the SAC. I, I was talking to a couple people last night at halftime at Bishop Lures about this. And, you know, you look at Snyder, who's had three coaches in, what, 40 years? Yeah, Mike Holly, Russ Isaacs, and... Uh, yeah, and, and Coach Tippman. Coach Tippman. And, and, you know, Bishop DeWanger, you go from, you know, Andy Johns, um, you know... To Schwartzkopf. To Schwartzkopf, to Garrett. Um, you look at, at Lures, you know, uh, you know, Lindsay and Lindsay. And, um, and you know, and before that, there was continuity. You know, Doug Dynan's been at Carroll now for 12 years. That doesn't seem possible. <laughs> right. Uh, Chad Zolman is in his 18th season Jeez. with Homestead. And, look, those programs already have built-in advantages against everybody else when you look at feeder systems with Carroll and Homestead and, and DeWanger and, you know, even Lures and just Snyder with its proven success and, you know, you look at just the the, in, the the institution that they've built. Everybody else is playing from behind anyway. And then when you don't have that continuity and every three, four years, you're changing over, you know, scheme and coaching staff and all that. It's, it's impossible to get any traction in the SAC. So those teams already playing, you know, from behind, so to speak. You know, you really need a truly special group to make any headway in the SAC if, you know, you're not having a consistent message year in and year out. And unfortunately, that's the case for the majority of those teams in the bottom half of the SAC. You know, and there's been talk about doing a big school, small school, much like the Northeast Corner Conference, uh, based on enrollment. You know, perhaps your your four, five, and six A teams in in one division, uh, one through three, well, two, two and <laughs> two and three. Uh, in the others and, and sprinkle in some fours, but uh, just go by enrollment or uh, evening that up. Now, at one time, if I recall, we had a north and a south uh, 
part of yeah, a long the time Summit ago. Athletic Conference. And that's when you had Harding and you had Elmhurst as well. Yeah, so, that was a while ago. So um, I, I will say, just got a text from Kurt Tippin. I reached out to him. He said, no information on who gets the bell when. He says that's in the hands of the principals and the athletic directors. So the head coach of the Snyder Panthers doesn't have any information for us this Saturday morning on when and where the uh, victory bell goes. I imagine it's more of a hot topic outside of those programs right now than inside because they, they you know, know they've got a chunk of it. They got a chunk of it and they got sectionals to prepare for. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, typically, as you said, uh, you know, you'll see on social media this Saturday after the regular season ends, the, the bell is transported and transferred if necessary. But maybe that's before we have three-way ties. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, maybe it just uh, it, it sits for the off season before somebody gets it. So, uh, yeah, a lot to figure out there. But congratulations to the Snyder Panthers uh, and the Carroll Chargers. How about Carroll? You know, for the last couple Took of care years, of business. Yeah, they did. Uh, no doubts with a 59-0 victory against Wayne. And yeah, they're sharing it. But you know, for the last couple of years, we we talked about Carroll, and you looked and said, oh, "Man, their rival Homestead came in at the same time in the SAC. They went back to back SAC championships. When is Carroll gonna jump up there and do it? They end up uh, not only scoring the most points in the SAC this season, but also surrendering the least amount of points mm -hmm. in the SAC through nine weeks. So for the Carroll Chargers." They enter this, the uh, sectional three as the proverbial favorites, and we'll get a, a rematch with their rivals to open up the 6A playoffs in a couple weeks. Let's go over the scores from last night uh, in the Summit Athletic Conference, as Justin uh, mentioned. Carroll, a 59 nothing winner over the Wayne Generals. Bishop Dwenger doubles up north of 42-21. to 21. And in the game you heard right here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, it was the Snyder Panthers. Over the Bishop Lewis Knights, 27-15, giving the Knights their first loss of the season. And Homestead shuts out Southside by a score of 48 to nothing. Over in the Northeast Eight Conference last night, East Noble shellacks Belmont 56 to seven. Leo shuts out DeKalb 14 to nothing. That's one where well Leo typically plays there while well, they play their home games on a turf field. There, there are a lot of uh, East Allen County schools. That also are uh, turfed as well. Um, not uh, not quite the, the same. I don't I don't believe uh, DeKalb is. Uh, I think they're natural, aren't they? Yeah. So yep. Um, you know, a little bit it was uh, messy little bit, out there. A little bit slower uh, footing last night for the Leo Lions in their run game. It was uh, New Haven all over Huntington North, 57-27, and Norwell gets another win once again. Six and one in conference play, eight and one overall. Norwell, a 23-13 victor over the Columbia City Eagles. And how about those Knights? Yeah, how about them? So, you know, they're the team that, you know, everybody continues to just, uh, you know, ignore, I guess. Maybe forget about. But, you know, very dangerous entering the postseason with just a single loss. Indeed. Over to the Allen County Athletic Conference last night, it was Adam Central. 62 to nothing over Woodland Bluffton, a 33-29 winner over the Lakeland Lakers in a non-conference game. Heritage, another win for uh, Coach Colkman and company, beating Jay County 39 to seven and South Adams uh, in a game played at Bluffton High School, uh, victorious over Southern Wells 49 to six.
as uh, as expected in the ACAC, uh, a you know Adam Central rolls. Um, Bluffton gets a good win, I think, out of conference. That's something we, we shouldn't gloss over. And then Heritage uh, getting a big win. Congratulations to Bluffton going on the road. Had 19 players dressed last night due to quarantine. Man. Going to, to beat a Lakeland team that's not bad. So good job by Coach Brent Kunkel and the Tigers last night going on the road, getting a 33-29 to 29 win. And what about a Heritage, though? Heritage comes into that game with Jay County. Identical records, both conference and overall. And Heritage now three and three finishing up conference play, but four and five overall. And if you look at the last couple of seasons, uh, four and five would have been a dream. Yeah, for them. absolutely. And now it's becoming reality. These kids are buying into this program yep. and uh, good for them. And now comes the most difficult step, in my opinion, for rebuilding programs is you've gotten it away from the one win, two win type seasons. Now you're four and five. How do you jump into that upper echelon in your league? How do you get up with Adams Central and South Adams? That's the most difficult thing. We see it in the SAC where teams turn it around and they, they go winless and then there are three wins and four wins. But how do they get that sixth and seventh win season? That's the next step for Heritage. And in my opinion, it's the most difficult one for teams rebuilding. Well, and I think with Heritage, it, it's it's it worked. What was it about six seasons ago? Five or six seasons ago, they had a senior class that had chemistry. They they cared about each other. They had played ever since you know junior high together, and all went all the way through. Now to to be able to remember some of the names individually, I can't. Yeah, but I do remember that that was a team that uh, was was outstanding. And, and it was all about that senior class because as the juniors, they, they had made noise as well and knew yeah. that coming back as seniors is that much more mature, that much more game ready. Uh, and then they turn people, uh, turn people on their ears, you know, so uh, it, it's just one of those things. And if, uh, if they can stay together and, and keep the coaching staff together, yep. who knows? I mean, they're, they're making strides right now. Yeah, they are. And, and a really young roster to boot. So this isn't, you know, a senior-laden group that's going to have to completely rebuild, that's for sure. Let's take a look at the Northeast Corner Conference games from last night as uh, uh, Central Noble gets back on the winning track, shutting out Garrett by a score of 8 to nothing. Cherubusco gets ready for their uh, big tangle with Adams Central in the first round of sectionals with a 26 nothing shutout victory over Fairfield. Eastside, 49-14 to 14 over Angola. And Laban Davis, five touchdowns in the first quarter, a touchdown yep. in the second, two in the third. And then he scored one in the fourth. Now, they, you know, you know what's looming a few weeks down the road anyway, that collision course that we have between Eastside and Lures, perhaps. You know, anything can happen. But should... In a game like this, should should he have been in the game in the fourth quarter? I would not have, but to take the other side, you can look at Todd Mays and said, look, we need every single available snap to get ready for Bishop mm -hmm. Lures. And I think that's been the approach all season long. And, and two, the last four or five weeks has been a breeze for Eastside. Not since Cherubusco game in week four has this team really been tested. Uh, you know, they gave up 
you know, they're winning by 30, 40 points in the second half of the year. So for him, he's saying, look, my guys haven't had to play a complete four quarters in a month and a half. And he needs them to be able to turn it on when they need to. And they may not need to until that championship game in sectional 35. So I understand it and, um, you know, appreciate, you know, having to play those guys. But at the same time, it is definitely a risk reward type thing because Laban Davis is the Eastside Blazers. He definitely is. And the other score from the Northeast Corner Conference last night, it was West Noble over Prairie Heights, 26 to 12. Uh, we didn't mention Fremont because Fremont doesn't play until today. They will be hosting Lake Station at 1 p.m. this afternoon. So uh, those are the scores from around the big four conferences in Northeast Indiana. And, uh, well, there there we have it. And uh, what we'll do is uh, we will take a break and then come back and talk with Mike McCaffrey in our weekly Cougar Chat. Then after that, we will come down and or come back and break down uh, some first-round sectional pairings uh, in high school football. We'll do that when we return. You're listening to Talkin' Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. (laughs) When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babbel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babbel. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Ah, there are no open tables. Let's try going somewhere else. Is this a familiar feeling on a weekend afternoon trying to find a place to watch games? Come to Bobby McGee's right next to Pierre's in the Marketplace of Canterbury. We've got 20 TVs, and you can even call ahead and reserve a table. You can watch anybody from the Big Ten and Notre Dame to the SEC and Pac-12 on Saturdays. And with the NFL ticket on Sundays, you can watch the Colts, the Bears, as well as every other NFL game each week. Again, 20 live TVs with pool tables and dartboards. We also have a family room that's open until 9 with games for kids. On Saturdays for college football, we've got $5 bombs, and on Sundays for the NFL, we've got $10 domestic buckets, $3 well drinks, and half-priced appetizers, along with the famous $30 margarita tube. As a special offer to 1380 The Fan listeners, we're offering a free appetizer if you text FOOTBALL to 46862. Make Bobby McGee's your new football home on the weekends, and remember to text FOOTBALL to 46862 for a free app. Score a touchdown this weekend and come to Bobby McGee's. I love living in a rural community where neighbors help neighbors, even if we don't always agree on sports teams, politics, or the COVID-19 vaccines. We all have our opinions. Getting vaccinated is your choice, and no one can make your mind up for you. Talk to your health care provider about your questions to help make a decision that's right for you. GetVaccineAnswers.org has the latest information to help you decide. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. Our connections make powerful things happen, uniting individuals and communities. We are Rotary. We are people of action. 
And together, we turn great ideas into reality by accessing our networks, our experience, and the best of ourselves to make a difference. Around the world, Rotary brings leaders together to build new friendships and to solve problems. Like in Austria, where generations work side by side to build sustainable housing and community centers. In India, volunteers run a mobile blood bank to help provide a steady blood supply for their local community. And in Taiwan, people are working hard to get vulnerable citizens the support and services they need. With over one million members, we know what people can do when they come together. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org slash action. Now back to Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply, along with Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net. I'm Jim Shovlin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you have a question, comment, opinion, uh, do so via the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 46862. Please put TS in the front of your message because we are not the only show in the building, and uh, we use this community text line. So uh, that's why we ask for the TS in the front of the message. So uh, especially if you would happen to have a question for University of St. Francis Athletic Director Mike McCaffrey, because on the talk and sports phone line powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union is Mr. Mike McCaffrey. Mike, good morning, sir. Uh, good morning, Jimmy. How are you, sir? I am great this morning. Cougars coming off that Big win over, uh, well, an outmanned Madonna squad last week, 68 to nothing. But it it was exactly what the doctor ordered, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah, no question. We uh, we needed that one. Uh, we needed it bad for a lot of reasons. Uh, we had to sit some guys out, get some guys healthy, uh, gain some confidence uh, on both sides of the ball. Had a lot of young guys step in and, and get their first playing time. Uh, so it was good on, on a homecoming Saturday to to show out like that in front of all of our alumni and all of our fans that came to see it. So it's uh, something to build on, and uh, you, you don't have a lot of time to sit and celebrate it. Uh, by the time the our game was over, uh, Marion had just lost 41-7 to Indiana Wesleyan, so you know they're going to start preparing for us immediately after that game, so we had to do the same thing. So now we, we enjoyed it for a few hours after the game, and then you turn around and realize you're still in the MSFA Mid-East League, and uh, the gauntlet is, is is upon us, so it's a it's a good one. It was fun, uh, fun environment, uh, but now it's now it's time to strap it up again and and go down and try to take on uh, one of our biggest rivals. Indeed, of course, the Marion Knights have been uh, a rival uh, not only in the regular season but deep into the postseason for the last several seasons as well. And then after that, come back home and take on that Indiana Wesleyan team you just mentioned that, that took care of Mary in the week before. So, yeah, as far as running the gauntlet, that is indeed uh, what is to be, that's for sure. Yeah, three out of the four of the teams we have to, uh, you know, play remaining uh, with Wesleyan, Marion, Concordia, um, they're all ranked in the in the top 20. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, and the, the good thing about that is, you know, for for us who, who dropped a couple early that uh, we hoped not to, we were on the table. We still got a shot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, you know, there's still stuff to play for, and that's the beauty. Uh, if you can go 
take care of business within your division, within your conference, you can get to the postseason. So uh, all hope is not lost. We gotta we gotta start tonight and set the tone for the last few weeks here, and then we've got a Taylor and a Lawrence Tech uh, kind of mixed in there. But uh, the three big ones left are Marion, Wesleyan, and then Concordia, the last game at home. We're talking this morning with Mike McCaffrey, athletic director at the University of St. Francis, in our weekly Cougar chat. And, uh, Mike, it's come out kind of switching gears over to basketball that uh, the Cougars are uh, preseason favorites. Uh, As the preseason polls, which you know as well as I do, preseason polls are, well, just that, uh, (laughs) preseason. But there's some respect and some love given the Cougars uh, in this poll. Yeah, I can only think of one other time probably where our team was picked uh, to win the conference, and I'm pretty sure it was when we were coming off our first national championship in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's been, for the most part, Indiana Wesleyan, uh, maybe a Bethel or a Spring Arbor coming off of their title the one year. But uh, we're not often uh, ranked preseason uh, number one. We've been there at the end before, but preseason is something that, like I said, just because of the tradition of some of the other schools um, and what Indiana Wesleyan usually brings back every year, but they lost obviously one of the best players in the NAIA, Kyle Mangus, last year. So, And we got everyone back, uh, and I think that's what everyone's looking at. You've got a team that went to the Final Four, came up just short of playing for a title, um, and everybody's coming back with Antoine Cushingberry, Jalen Mull, and David Edge. Added a few nice pieces here locally with Zane Burke and Naylon Thompson. So I think, yeah, they're, they're looking at us, and uh, now you got your target on your back, and now we got to go take care of business. But I don't think our guys are, are taking it too too much to their head. Uh, they know that there's a lot of basketball to be played, and like you said, preseason poll doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Other than it's it's good for our guys to get a chance to be recognized. So I'm happy for, for Kush and for David uh, to be recognized as preseason all-conference, and maybe that gives them a little bit of a juice. And then the first thing Kush did was come in and show me his phone and say, did you see this? And it was Seth Maxwell from Indiana Wesleyan being picked to be the conference preseason player of the year. So even though our team was picked number one, now Kush has got a big chip on his shoulder to go out and prove people how good he is. So it'll be fun to watch. Well, I was going to say, yeah, sometimes these preseason polls will uh, one of the one of the biggest things they'll do is, is firmly uh, put that target on your back and, and get that ready for all the other teams to shoot for. So um, but yeah, still, nonetheless, and it, and it just it, it kind of amazes me that they have never been, uh, you know, except for, let's say, coming off of that national championship because of the fact I've seen firsthand the talent that has been in the Hutzel uh, Center. My goodness, I mean, with all of the players over the years. But I've also seen the Wesleyan um, teams and in the Bethels and in Spring Arbors and in such over the years too. But it seems like the the Cougars have been consistently upper echelon in that Crossroads League. Yeah, it's the best conference in the country, uh, at least. That's how I feel. I mean, we showed it last year, sending four teams to the national tournament. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, like I said, I know these guys are ready. They went up and had a scrimmage yesterday up in Michigan against Madonna. Uh, so they're they're starting to get their their legs underneath them and starting to put together some plans for what they're going to try to do this year. And it'll be fun. It'll be uh, it'll be something again. Like you said, target on your back is is new, and sometimes teams can't handle it. But I've got total faith in Coach Lacrosse, Coach Cummings, and and Coach Henny that. They're not going to let this go to anybody's head. They're going to make sure these guys keep working hard. No doubt about it. Now, the last time we talked was last Saturday. 
Uh, and has Alex Abatino won any other races uh, since then? <laughs> no, they had the week off. So, okay. Uh, she, this is the one week I can come on and report that Alex Abatino did not break a school record in the last six days. <laughs> what an outstanding student athlete. Uh, yeah. Uh, young Alex Ebatino is in, in cross country and track. My goodness! But uh, uh, what else uh, is, is newsworthy uh, from Cougar Athletics this week? Well, soccer home game tonight. Um, the, the women are home and, and the guys are on, on the road uh, against Mount Vernon, uh, going through a little bit of some some injuries and some COVID with our our men's soccer team. So we're we're facing some adversity there. Um, last week, kind of. One of our kickers for the football team, Aiden Hostler, actually had to play for our soccer team last Wednesday night. Uh, so he got, uh, it's nice to have some dual sport athletes, especially guys that grew up here in Huntington North and able to help out our soccer team when needed when we're going through some adversity. So it's, uh, it's good that they're battling. Uh, you know, a lot of teams, if they were in the position our soccer team was in, they wouldn't even play. Uh, they would just say we've got too much, too many guys out, we can't play. But uh, our coach, Jake Essig, is, is not built that way. Uh, so he's going to take whatever bodies he can, and he's going to go try to compete. And that's what I love about him and what I love about our soccer team right now is they're not scared to go strap it up, uh, even if they know they're pretty shorthanded. So uh, hoping for the best for them and, and obviously the, the football game tonight. And then we'll start wrapping up some of our fall sports over the next few weeks with uh, home games and volleyball and, and soccer. That doesn't seem possible that we're wrapping up the fall season already. <laughs> My goodness, time is flying. But, but uh, yep. would you mind expounding just a little bit on Aiden Hostler because, you know, you talked about him going and in, in filling in for the soccer team. He wasn't even the number one kicker going into the start of the season uh, and, and stepped up due to an injury and has been stellar since. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I mean, you, you have last Friday at our uh, football walkthrough, which for those of you that know football, there's really nothing that you do the day before a game other than literally walk through plays and and jack jack james our our starting kicker punter kickoff uh, snyder product plants a plants his foot trying to do an onside kick and breaks the bottom of his foot uh so because of jack and jack was named a captain mm -hmm. uh, has stepped in and what he go eight for eight on his extra points and uh you just you know you got to love having those kinds of kids in your program and uh, not only stepping up for the football team but then jumping over and helping the soccer team and uh, just a great kid. Um, again, love having the, the local kids that are able to build these stories here in their in their backyard. So we're we're all pulling for Aiden, and he's going to have to probably hit hit a couple tonight if uh, if we're going to have the game we want to down at Marion. Well, and, and that's something with Jack James when he goes down. That's two positions because he yeah. also was handling all the punting chores too. And then Derek Robb mm -hmm. comes in and uh, it, it does a great job there as well. Yeah, no, that like that seems to be the theory around some of our teams. Just next man up, mm -hmm. we got to be ready. So the, you know, nice to see these these kids able to step up and and do do their job and fill it. And like I said, Derek getting some good punts off and Aiden doing the punt. And we're we're filling the gaps the way we need to, and uh, just keep plugging along and <clears throat> wait to see what kind of results we can get uh, over the next couple of weeks. So what do you think of your Red Sox? Yeah, oh, man, that was a tough one last night. <clears throat> you get Kike to, to do what he's doing, and then all of a sudden you remember that Carlos Correa is pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, I think the one that the, the one pitch I would want back was the the first curveball to Altuve, uh, the one that tied it up. It's like the Fox was showing his hot zones where he hits all his <laughs> home runs, and it's like the pitcher was trying to prove him wrong. Uh, he threw it right into the hot zone, and he yanked it right out of the left yeah. field wall and i was like ah oh, that one that one kind of hurt but you know what we're playing with house money right now there you go exactly
So uh, it, it should be interesting the rest of the way through. And then, uh, uh, you know, we've got Dodgers Braves on the other side. You know, who knows what will happen. So, but, uh, Jason Ridge is a big Braves fan, so he keeps coming in my office saying, if it's Braves Red Sox, we're going to have to do something. <laughs> uh, hold your horses, buddy. We both got some pretty good teams to get through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get there first, right? Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, Jim. Have a great one. Take care. All right, you too. That was Mike McCaffrey, Athletic Director at the University of St. Francis, and our weekly Cougar Chat. And before we go to break, I want to tell you about my friends at Culligan. Uh, we've got, and of course, now after the rain and everything, and of course, the, the city of Fort Wayne gets their water from the St. Joe River. It's impounded there at the St. Joe Dam and all that. Anyway, it, as the water level rises, it picks up debris off the side of the, the shoreline of the river. And that can uh, cause some problems and, and additional um, cleaning and uh, in chemicals added to your water. So, uh, you know, do what we've done. We have uh, water that uh, isn't, well, the best. Well, we got a reverse osmosis drinking water system that we have in our kitchen sink. It's bottled water quality right there at the tap at our kitchen sink, and we love it. Diane will will use that exclusively when cooking, when uh, when even even when watering the dogs, uh, the dogs get reverse osmosis water. I think I do too, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I know the dogs do. Uh, let's just put it that way. Uh, she is an animal lover, so. Uh, but give Culligan a call and find out how you can find out more about reverse osmosis drinking water systems. Four eight four eight six six eight. That's four eight four eight six six eight. Give your people Culligan water. We'll be right back. If you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately, think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. The first bet on Caesars Sportsbook app is up to $5,000 risk-free, people. When I told my team about the idea, they said I was being too wonderful and magnificent. But I don't care how awesome this makes me. I'm doing this for the people. So just download the app, and that first bet is up to $5,000 risk-free. Caesar made an app for the people, people. Must be 21. Offer valid in Indiana only and for new players. Paid in bet credits. Terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. I've used Gibson's once for heating and once for plumbing now. From the schedulers to the technicians, everyone has been professional, personable, and upfront with pricing and expectations. There is no sense of pressure, and they explain everything thoroughly. Absolutely have a loyal customer. Your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer, Gibson's Heating.com. Hi, this is Annette Benning. 
I'd like to tell you about a nonprofit human services organization that has been helping everyone in performing arts and entertainment for more than 130 years, the Actors Fund. The fund serves everyone in film, theater, television, music, opera, radio, and dance with programs to support a life in the arts. The fund offers emergency financial assistance in times of need, including help for those in crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Services include health care and insurance counseling, housing, secondary employment, and training services and more, all to help foster stability and resiliency for the people who lift us up and brighten our days through their work, especially in times of crisis and anxiety. To learn more, please visit actorsfund.org. This Girl Scout cookie season, we Girl Scouts would like to say thank you, America. Thank you, cookie cravers, thin mint enthusiasts, peanut butter patrons, shortbread devotees. Every time you take a bite of a Girl Scout cookie, it's good for us. Your coconut and caramel cravings are our chance to practice goal setting. Your midnight snacks help us learn to manage money. Your freezers aren't just full of tasty treats. They're packed with entrepreneurship. That's right, entrepreneurship. You probably can't taste the business ethics or the decision-making or the people skills, but they're in there in every single mouthful. Every time you eat what's in the box, we learn how to think outside of it. So raise a glass of milk and raise our chances to reach our potential. Eat up, America. We're counting on you. I'm Catalina. I'm Melody. I'm Katie. I'm Devin. I'm Hannah. I'm Abby. I'm Juliana. I'm Nicole. I'm Olivia. I'm Colette. I'm Stefania. And we approve this message. The Girl Scout Cookie Program. Think outside the box. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care. For life-saving medical care. For a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> to learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply. Along with Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net, I'm Jim Shovelin. Thanks for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. I want to tell you about some high school soccer regionals uh, taking place today. Some of the uh, semifinal games took place uh, earlier in the week, uh, a lot of them on Wednesday. But in the 3A Boys Regional at Kokomo, 16-2 Northrop takes on 17-1-1 Noblesville. And the 3A Girls Regional, also at Kokomo, unbeaten 19-0 Homestead tangles with 11-8-2 Harrison. Harrison was victorious over Carroll. Homestead beats previously unbeaten Noblesville 4-2 on Wednesday. Um, get this now. 
it was number one versus number two in the state, but also Noblesville ranked number one in the country by the the high school soccer polls. Uh, of course, Homestead right up there too. So uh, uh, Rick Link's uh, Lady Spartans, um, uh, you know, unbelievable run, and uh, they're uh, they're they're closing in on a regional championship there. So uh, best of luck to them. In the boys regional in 2A at Norwell, 12-4 and 2 Bishop Dwanger meets 13-1 and 3 Canterbury, and then in the uh, 2A girls regional also at Norwell, 18-0 and 2 Leo squares off against 17 and 3 Hamilton Heights. In the class A uh, regional at Taylor, 8-8 and 2 Blackhawk Christian meets 9 and 4 Tipton. Those are your high school soccer regionals, and I believe there's also volleyball going on as well. A lot of fall sports in the postseason now. Yes, wrapping up as we speak. But we have finished the regular season in high school football, and we are now heading on to, well, the postseason, the road to Lucas Oil. And uh, we have some, of course, 5A and 6A teams will not be playing uh, this coming Friday. It's It's going to be... 4A, 3A, 2A, and uh, Class A. In the Summit Athletic Conference, we'll just go down uh, that schedule there, Justin. Uh, in 4A Sectional 20, we've got a couple of games uh, contested by SAC teams. Marion at Wayne, and then Southside heads to Delta. Your thoughts? Wayne is kind of that uh, sleeper in Sectional 20, I feel, despite being 2-7. and seven. Um, they get a favorable matchup against Marion at home, and then they'll likely face Delta in round two. So I like the Generals to at least win one game, and don't be surprised if the Generals are able to get a couple dubs and are in that sectional 20 championship game. In other games, uh, in uh, Class 3A, sectional 27, Concordia will be home to Northwestern. Northwestern, um, let's... Be kind of say they're struggling. They're they're over. Uh, Concordia gets the uh, week off due to Northside's uh, cancellation of that game from last night. So uh, can Concordia get a dub and then likely have to face Norwell, who you know to me is the clear cut favorite in this sectional. So uh, if the Knights can continue rolling as they have been, I see them as sectional champs. And of course, uh, the teams that will not be participating in games next uh, this come in six days. Uh, will be Carroll and Homestead in uh, 6A, Sectional 3, and then uh, the 5A teams, which are Snyder, Bishop Dwanger, Northrop, and Northside. Uh, they get next week off because of the fact that they split 5A into 5A and 6A, and that's why uh, there are fewer teams than the other bracketed classes. So that's what you've got here. Now, uh, moving over to the Northeast 8 Conference, uh, we have four 4A four uh, contests going on, two, three in sectional 19, which uh, compose uh, DeKalb at Wawasee, Leo at East Noble, and uh, Little Birdie told me that 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, is heading to Kendallville to broadcast that game on Friday night. And then you've also got in sectional 19, Angola at Columbia City. So a lot of firepower in that sectional 19. This is usually a very competitive sectional, and Northridge and Northwood are usually better. Usually at least one of these teams is at an elite level uh, each season. Northwood at four, or uh, Northwood and, and Northridge both struggling this year. 
But I think this one comes down to that game in Kendallville to next Friday. It's Leo. It's East Noble. Round two. Round two at Kendallville this year to boot. Leo was able to handle East Noble in the first half of round one. East Noble was able to storm back. Couldn't make the plays late to to pull off a victory. Do things change in this one? Because last year in the regular season, East Noble fell to Leo and reciprocated in the playoffs, mm-hmm. handling, handing the Lions a shutout defeat. So a lot of storylines going into this one next week. Also in Northeast State, you've got New Haven at Huntington North and uh, kind of uh, back-to-backs here. Uh, that uh, that took place last night as well. Uh, New Haven, a 57-27 winner. But as Justin just mentioned uh, regarding East Noble and Leo, doesn't matter. Tee it up again on Friday night and see what happens. But that sectional 20 uh, is also where Wayne and Southside reside as well. Now moving on to uh, 3A sectional 27. That's the one that uh, the Summit Athletic Conference boasts the Concordia Cadets uh, residing in. It's Norwell at Maconaqua, and then Belmont will be hosting Oak Hill. Um are we are we looking at a Norwell Concordia matchup down the road? But man, they they've they've struggled more than usual, and 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 I I'm not, I wouldn't put anything past Northwestern, but I feel like yeah, the Cadets should be able to get a win uh, in that first round matchup. See them in the semi is the advantage for Norwell is the only two teams in my opinion that can give them any kind of challenge in this sectional are Oak Hill and Peru, and both of them reside in the boat bottom half of that bracket. Uh, Oak Hill is a pretty solid football team. It's won four straight. And they're sitting at seven and two, but um, it's very difficult to see how a team in this sectional matches up with that Norwell defense. It is just so, so suffocating. And I feel like Knights are the considerable favorite in this sectional. Moving over to the ACAC in uh, class four, AJ County is at Mississinawa. That's in sectional 20 over in three, a sectional 27, the heritage Patriots pay a visit to Peru. And then we got a couple of games in Class 2A, Sectional 35. That's uh, Bluffton at Eastside and Prairie Heights at Woodland. And, of course, uh, those teams uh, are the ones that are in uh, Sectional 25 with, oh, well, the Bishop Lures Knights. You know, and uh, that'll be uh, interesting there. And uh, the uh, supposed collision course between Eastside and Lures when it all comes down to it. So uh, Lures has to get past Fairfield in uh, sectional 35 in 2A before uh, anything can happen. But once again, Bluffton at Eastside Prairie Heights at Woodland in 2A. And then going to uh, Class A, sectional 43, South Adams at Madison Grant in Southern Wells heads to Taylor. Rewind it real quick, going to sectional 35 real quick. When we look at the matchups there, and I'm sure people are already, you know, myself included, you too, Jim, Mm -hmm. focusing on that east side Bishop Lures game. Right. If if everybody wins that's supposed to win in this sectional, and I look at east side, Central Noble, Lures, and Woodland, all home teams to win next week, and the final would then be, after another round of games, it appears that Eastside Bishop Lures game would be at Lures. Okay, with the every others. With that, well, and the bottom part of the bracket. So, okay. Eastside and Central Noble win. The bottom person in the bracket hosts. That would be Central Noble. Bishop Lures Woodland win. The bottom would host. That would be Woodland. And then if it's Eastside Bishop Lures, the bottom hosts. 
and that's Lures because they would each have the same amount of home games because that's usually the first tiebreaker who has the, the, the least amount of home games. They would be tied, so Bishop Lures would get the nod as the bottom part of the bracket. So if you're looking ahead, east side would be at Bishop Lures, at least if everybody wins that's supposed to win in that sectional. Now, Lures and Fairfield go at it on uh, you know, in, in six days on a chewed-up Lures field. Yeah. And then uh, at, are they going to, in, in your opinion, now, we're, and we're supposed to have very nice yet cool weather. Yeah. I'm no meteorolog meteorologist. I can't even say it. I'm no <laughs> meteorologist or weather specialist for that matter. Uh, I'm a weather enthusiast. But we're supposed to have dry conditions but cool temperatures uh, for the next six, seven days. Uh, does that bode well for uh, for getting that field in shape? I, I feel like it does. I, I feel like there'll be enough time. At least it'll be dry, reasonably dry. You know, being at Lures Field last night, I mentioned to the to you uh, this, Jim, earlier, was not only was the, the, the field wet, but it was long because it has been raining for several days. Like, it was never dry enough to mow. Mm -hmm. And I feel like not only did the wetness have, uh, create issues, but also the length of the grass created issues for both football teams. I mean, I'm not just saying that, you know, say Bishop Lewis lost because of the field conditions because Snyder had to deal with the same things. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a double whammy for both teams, um, particularly Bishop Lewis and hosting that game is, man, it was – it was wet. It was. It turned into a quagmire, partic particularly between the hashes, and it was long to boot. Indeed. So um, there you have it. Now we've got uh, Class A, Sectional 44, Adams Central at Cherubusco. Uh, this is just. This is another game, uh, as well as the East uh, Noble Leo game that, that Brett says that there should be seating. <laughs> Don't and, get uh, Brett this, started on the seating. And um, whatever you do, there you go. You know. Well, why why this game right out of the shoe, you know? Yeah, I, look, I get it. I, I'm intrigued by this one. I want to be excited, okay? I want to be excited about this matchup. But Adam Central is allowing less than five points per football game, scoring close to 50 points per football game. Can Cherubusco on both sides of the field keep up with Adam Central? I'm not really sure. They have a common opponent in East Side, and both lost, but it was both close within yes. a touchdown. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think you look at, at Cherubusco and their game, and they're they're tough. They're physical. They pack it in. They got some experience. They're really really tough. I think it's a good matchup for Cherubusco. I just don't know if they have enough. So, will this game be close? Will it be a thirty point blowout for Adam Central? I'm not smart enough to tell you. Well, now you just brought up an intriguing point. What you got? Justin, because, and, and I know that I'm putting the cart before the horse here once again, Eastside Lures. Okay, now, when you mentioned that pretty much the only two teams that have really given Eastside uh, fits have been Cherubusco and Adams Central. Right. In, in a class below them. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Bishop Lures Knights are taking on and beating 6A programs. 5A programs, you know, 4 I mean, just, right. What, how much weight does that hold when you go into the postseason? Yeah, a lot, because I think a lot of the debate, and it's always a debate, too, when this happens, is, look, early on last night, there was a lot of, 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 
of talk that, uh, you know, well, look what Snyder did to Lures, and, oh, you know, Lures is this, that, and the other. And, you know, Snyder's 5A, Lures is 2A. Um, this should be the result that happens. And, um, and I think as our friend Ryan Dellinger has pointed out, well, you know, that, that means that Lures should never win in the SAC because every team should be. Yeah, on paper, that should be right. And it's right? been a while. <laughs> yeah, and it, and but that doesn't happen. So, um, and, you know, some people say, oh, public, private. Look, watching that game last night, Lures does not have the depth up front on both sides of the football to routinely substitute guys in. I don't care. You you can talk about oh they can they can bring guys in or whatever. You know they don't have the personnel to do that. The five guys that they're putting out routinely are the five guys, six guys playing on both sides of the football routinely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snyder is able to rotate guys in. Um, eight and nine is usually the rotation for Snyder. They have a lot of other bodies on the sidelines in the event they needed somebody, but usually their rotation is eight or nine. And over the course of 48 minutes, that grinds you down. And that was what Snyder was able to do. That's why they were able to put that game away late last last night with the run game. And when they needed to respond, they were able to, along with the short pass game with Luke Hopper, but when they needed Tyrese Brown and Langston Level to gain yardage, they were able to. And that just comes down to the physicality up front and wearing down a 2A Lures team. So now you put Lures in a 2A where they are matching up with like-sized teams. That's scary but Eastside's going to give it their best shot if they meet in the sectional final. Well, and going back to last night's game, I think you mentioned it before we uh, started the show, uh, that every time Lures would score, Snyder would Respond. counter. Would they would yeah. answer. And, uh, and and that's the mark of a good football team. And, yeah, um, well, luckily we we haven't gotten any of the, well, they recruit things uh, this <laughs> morning. So that's, that's, that this that's morning. good, you know, but uh, – but yeah, it's it's just one of those things that uh, you know. I guess in, at this point in time, uh, all coaches are in sales for their own team. I mean, yeah. they are extolling the virtues of their programs, and uh, hey, it, it's just one of those things. Not saying that every school does it, no. And then, like I said, you know, the parochial thing. Yeah, you look at those rosters, and if you've been around high school football for any length of time, look at all those generational names, and we've said this a million times on this show, look at those generational names on the Bishop Lewis rosters, on the Bishop Dwenger rosters, on the Concordia roster. Yeah. That you see families that year after year, decade after decade, it's younger brothers in, in, in other sports, younger sisters, and then children nieces and nephews and, and things like that so um that's that's a lot of what it is and a, and still you cannot uh minimize the effect of coaches and, and we mentioned this earlier you know about the coaches that that stick around and build programs but it's their assistants right that stick around many of them volunteer that don't get a penny of pay that stick around these programs because these programs are what they went through as, as student athletes. These programs are what made them men and women and, and they're giving back to these programs and they do so very readily and, and with, with a lot of joy to do that and just, you know, pay it forward, pass it along Definitely. for the next generation. So uh, there, I, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt very impressed with what Snyder was able to do last night. Cause as you mentioned, they had a answer for every uh, push that Bishop Lures made. That stadium was no louder 
than it was in early in the third quarter after Bishop Lewis scored on the first snap of the second half, that 65-yard touchdown pass from Clark to Nick Thompson, and then a procedure penalty on the PAT by Snyder. So Bishop Lewis goes for two. They get the two-point conversion. They're sitting there. It's 14-8 to eight at that point. They get a huge hit by Aiden Dennis on the return, and that sideline, that crowd was was just hype. And Snyder was able to put together a drive, drive down the field and score and silence the crowd. And then later uh, in the second half, in the fourth quarter, Bishop Lewis scores again. They get within 21 to 15 and the crowd is feeling it. They just need to stop, get the ball back. And then Snyder again moves down the field and scores to make it 27-15. It was, um, it was, an, it was a clutch performance by Snyder when they needed to, executed and were able to get the win. And uh, you've you've got Nick Talamantes from Snyder, and you know if I'm not mistaken, how many how many schools have kickers that also line up yeah, as a linebacker, linebacker yeah. uh, on defense for you as well? Not, yeah, probably not too many. Yeah, but. not a lot of kickers that are lining up to kick PATs that are covered from head to toe in mud, <laughs> as Nick Talamantes was last night. Yeah, but as you say too, you know Snyder, a Fort Wayne community school, uh, but still, if if you're a football player. You're coming out of middle school, and you don't have specific ties to a certain high school football program. Who wouldn't want to play at Snyder? Yeah, you know, sure. my goodness. Yeah, look, look at the history. Look at the program. Look at look at the coaching staff. My goodness, and and they they've done it. Yeah, people want to play in those kind of programs. And that one year that they had to suffer through last year, everybody's wondering what's wrong with Snyder. Oh my gosh, the coaches have lost it. They don't have players. Oh, here we go. You know, Snyder's falling. They go five and five. Look at him now. And that's it. It might've taken that season of growth to, to springboard them into, into what they've got now. Yeah. And uh, just outstanding. So, you know, coach Kurt Tipman and company, uh, they're doing things the right way. So, uh, hats off to them. You know, same thing though. Lures Doug Dinan at, at Concordia or at, at Carroll, excuse me as well. The three teams sharing the bell. Um, you know, making Fort Wayne in the Summit Athletic Conference uh, proud is one of the top football conferences in the state of Indiana. Yep. So let's just have some very elongated postseason runs because of this, because they're beating each other up on a weekly basis uh, from top to bottom. Yeah, and and not just the SAC, but every conference around, this is where it turns. So throughout the regular season, you were rooting against, let's say you're an SAC uh, fan, you're a Snyder fan, you're rooting against Carroll, or if you're Carroll, you're rooting against Lures. Now everybody bands together. You're rooting for the SAC in the mm-hmm. playoffs. You're rooting for the ACAC, Northeast 8, NECC. This is how it flips. As long as you're not playing one of your conference teams, this is when you look for conference pride and see what the leagues can do in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. You want to see as many teams from your conference go deep and just show the, the overall toughness and uh, in superiority of your conference. That's going to do it for talking sports for a Saturday, October 16th, 2021. Many thanks to Mike McCaffrey, athletic director at the university of St. Francis for joining us in our weekly Cougar chat. Uh, thanks for uh, your text that came in. Also, uh, thanks to Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net for keeping it all smooth and his expertise in high school sports. We appreciate that every single week.
So for you, the listener, hey, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. here from Westwood One with a preview of Sunday Night Football as Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers host the Seattle Seahawks. Both teams are 2-3 and three and need wins to stay relevant in equally tough divisions. Seattle is without Russell Wilson following last week's finger injury, so Geno Smith takes over under center. Join Ryan Harris and me for the call of the Seahawks at the Steelers on Sunday. Podcasts by Federated Media.